Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for a good day of ministry today. We thank you for hearing the word of God, and uh, may it continue to change our lives to conform us more like Christ. Father, we do pray for Paul and Leslie today. Uh, you know each of the situations at this very moment. So we lift them up to you in the precious name of Jesus. And we know that all you would have to do is just speak the words, and uh, they both could be healed very, very easily. But, Lord, um, we don't know what your will is for their lives, their life, so I just ask that you would um, minister to them through your spirit, and may we continue to support them and pray for them. Father, thank you for this time tonight as we get time to um, uh, talk more to Mark. Uh, we thank you for Mark and Cherish to come down from Ohio to spend the weekend with us as he candidates for the youth pastor position. Uh, I ask that you would give him clarity of thought tonight. And uh, as we get to know one uh, another better, for in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, well, here's what we're going to do. Um, let me just remind you of a couple things, and then I'm going to begin by asking Mark to make a statement on one aspect of youth ministry. Um, Mark, the reason I'm in the pulpit is the mic here, and you've got the lapel, so you're comfortable there without the stand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, you mm -hmm. can just wander around and... and Okay, that's good. Well, let me just remind you that um, the way our bylaws establish the acquisition of pastoral staff is that it empowers the senior pastor to, to seek for staff, make his recommendation to the elders, the elders in turn then present the candidate to the congregation, and the membership then makes an affirming vote. That's why we started announcing the business meeting last week, because we have to have two weeks' notice. So there will be another meeting, uh, particularly for members. Anyone is welcome, but we need members. We need to make a quorum next week. There will not be a dessert fellowship next week. It will be a chance for you to field, uh, to, to converse and discuss um, as we anticipate following through uh, with this opportunity. You know, um, so the process begins with um, when God intersects our path with a particular man, then I work through it and make sure that it's somebody that I feel pretty comfortable with before I even go to the elders with him. And so then we go to the elders and we talk about it. We have taken time to Skype guys and that kind of thing. We found out, Mark, that was less than effective. You know, one time the camera on the guy's computer froze and all we could see was up his nose the whole interview. We could hear his voice and everything, but you got this like... Um, so we thought that's less than a best way to make a first impression, you know. But, you know, we have been poking around and prodding for a number of years. And, um, and part of that reason is it's not that there's not young men available for the youth ministry. Um, it's not that difficult to find somebody who's graduated from Bible college who wants to get into youth ministry. We've been looking for someone with a little more maturity. We've been looking for somebody with a little bit of experience under their belt. And then we've been looking for someone with um, established and recognized pastoral gifts. We want a real pastor in this position. We want a, a, a member to join our team who can contribute across the board in our ministries, but who would have the oversight of the youth ministry specifically, and uh, just pointing our young people to Christ and discipling them. So through the process, um, you know, there's been a couple of guys that we thought were pretty good, and, and then for any number of reasons, doors closed. And, and then the last time, we were kind of disappointed, and then I've recognized that it appears that God, in his oversight, uh, knows what he's doing. Is that the understatement of the evening? God knows what he's doing. Um, and uh, so very quickly, kind of out of nowhere, Mark's name surfaced. And we've had some good conversations, gotten to know them. They've been in our home. They've met with the elders. They've been in a few other homes. And uh, here they are. And uh, so, Mark, you shared your heart this morning. It's evident that you love the Word of God. And, um, you know, you're a growing uh, young Christian leader. Um, and we're just going to open the floor for questions so that our people can just get to know you and ask you pretty much anything they want. If it's, I think um, everyone here is trusted not to ask anything that would be inappropriate. But uh, pretty much we want you to vet him. We want you to ask questions. 
And so as you think, um, and um, we'll ask you to raise your hand, we've got two microphones. The ladies in the nursery want to hear this as well as we're recording it, so watch what you say. And um, this is an opportunity for you to ask your questions. So Mark, um, let's get started though by asking you to just make a statement about why youth ministry for you. You're a seminary graduate. You would, uh, if God opens the doors and continues to lead, you would join our staff with actually significant more theological training than anybody else, formal theological training than anybody else on staff. And, um, and so wh why youth ministry? Where's your heart with young people? Why don't you talk about that for a minute to get us started? And how do you believe that God has equipped you, um, even as you've just kind of been open to the Lord's leading, how has God equipped you for youth ministry, and where's your heart for youth ministry right now? Can you respond to that? Uh, I can. Uh, first, you know, the, the reason that I went on to seminary is, like I said this morning, sometimes people just don't get it, and I had to keep on going. So Pastor Van was able to get it a little bit uh, quicker than I did. So, so the degree means absolutely nothing. But, uh, from, by the way, he graduated, graduated from seminary with a 3.9 GPA. That is very, very commendable. Uh, thank you. Um, why youth ministry? I, I, I tell people, they ask me, uh, Mark, are you called to uh, be a youth pastor? I tell them I'm called to be a pastor. Um, in, in my opinion, God, well, in my opinion, God has not called me to a specific age group. He's called me to pastor. Um, and that means to come up alongside and disciple whatever age group that might be, whether it's children, whether it's uh, young men and women, uh, whether it's adults, college, whatever it might be, uh, it's to come alongside them. And I really believe that I think any man that's called it to be a pastor should have that kind of quality himself, that uh, I'm a pastor to the church. Uh, why youth ministry? Um, it, it, uh, it's exciting to me that I could uh, come alongside uh, young men and women and try to ignite a passion for Jesus Christ. Um, uh, especially in, when I was a teen, there were questions and things that I was trying to work on and hash out. And it would have been great if we would have had someone who, come, who came alongside me and just ignited something in me. Took me aside and said, Mark, I see these things in your life. Um, why aren't you changing? Uh, pointing me to Jesus. And uh, I just have a passion uh, to point people to Jesus, uh, whether they're unbelievers or whether they're believers. So just the opportunity to uh, disciple young men and women uh, is very exciting to me. And uh, I'm just so great to be around that I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I'd fit right in. So in short, uh, did I answer everything in that? Because that was a long question. Okay. Do, do you, are there some specific ways that, as you look back on your life and your training, that you can see, you know, these are some things in the context of my life that, that have just um, sharpened me and equipped me for the ability to communicate to young people and be, be alongside young people specifically? Well, when I was with uh, the ministry team that I was with, is called Encounter Revival Ministries, is based out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, within that ministry, I, I, I worked with... Uh, uh, teens. Uh, I was a camp counselor for two years, so that gave me some good uh, training and just how to how to uh, talk. I was 18 at the time, so I was still in some sense a teen, but it gave me opportunity to uh, lead small groups, uh, lead teens, lead children uh, as well. Um, also, at Appalachian Bible College, I was part of uh, the adventure staff, so I did whitewater rafting and uh, rappelling and caving and all those kinds of things, so I led uh, groups of teens, um, and I've had opportunities throughout, oh, I'd say it was just 11, 12 years uh, since uh, coming to faith in Christ, uh, that I've had opportunities to teach, uh, to share my heart with uh, teens. Uh, part of a, uh, and we might get into this a little later, I was part of a church planning team um, when I was at Baptist Bible Seminary. Uh, I was with that uh, team for four years. We planted a church in... Um, near Scranton, Pennsylvania, just south of that. Uh, and with that, I had opportunity to uh, not only interact with teens, but adults and a wide range of people. Because when you're in a church plant, you do everything. And so, uh, so those are some of the ways that God's equipped me. And he's just given me a heart to uh, be able to communicate God's word. So, I mean, 
whatever age group it might be, whether it's with children, I love just being crazy uh, with, uh, with the kids, and I have no problem in acting uh, uh, age-appropriate for, for the children, <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I have no problem um, moving from that kind of setting and act, acting age-appropriate for uh, teens or adults. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm pretty versatile when, when it comes to that kind of thing, um, I think my wife would attest to that. But she doesn't have to answer that. <laughs> so, Mark, um, to clarify, you have not been part of a pastoral staff per se as far as being a staff pastor, specifically a youth pastor. However, for about 10 years with your, with your ministry travels, then four years at Appalachian Bible College, five years of seminary, you've had a decade of preparation for ministry that's given you a chance to mature, to grow, and to have just a whole variety of experiences uh, during that time, right? Right. And um, so tell us a little bit about what the last year has entailed with your internship. What are some of the experiences in this full-time internship, a church of about 1,500 people, uh, Maranatha Bible Church Mm -hmm. in Akron, Ohio? Just uh, concisely and to the point, give us uh, a kind of a, a bullet point of some of the experiences you've had this year on being a part of this uh, internship. Okay. Uh, I was the outreach intern. I was underneath one of the pastors. And uh, I, um, did, I did demographic work for a church plant that they were getting ready to work on. Uh, I was one of the guys that they were looking at to lead the church plant. I uh, did not work out. Um, I did not believe that God was leading me that way. And uh, so, bullet point, there you go. Um, I, I led... Uh, an Easter egg adventure outreach. Over 700 kids came, and I, had, I was overseeing a couple hundred, uh, well, about a couple hundred workers, volunteers. Uh, we had a big Kids with a Mission, uh, this vacation Bible school, uh, kind of on steroids. We had over 300 some kids at this uh, every day during this Kids with a Mission. I had over 200 some volunteers that I was uh, over, that I oversaw. Um, I also taught uh, from different range groups, um, taught with the junior high, taught senior high, taught adults, taught senior saints. Um, I led uh, what we call discovery clubs, which is an after-school Bible club in uh, our elementary schools and intermediate schools, um, which I have two right now that I have a conflict that I'm trying to work out uh, as we speak. Um, so I'm, I'm doing those kind of things and I've led those, um, those ministries. So the bullet point, there it is. Yep. You also did, uh, some substitute teaching in the adult home groups that were sprinkled out throughout the church. Is that correct? Right. I have a, teaching. I have a small group that I'm overseeing right now and leading that. Um, we have a wide range of ages in that from teens all the way up to, um, older more mature people. Like 51. Right. Fifth, well, the young, young people. Yeah. yeah. Let's open the floor. If you were in the early service, there was a little bit of an exchange. You showed a little bit of disrespect towards the senior pastor. Really shocked me in light of the, the day. But uh, Well, I, I don't know if you paid attention. I said, you know, those who are 52 and younger, the, oh, okay. the younger right. ones. I, I did miss that. I, well, uh, let's open the floor. Let's give you a chance to ask questions. Thank you, Mark, for that. Um, and I'll say the names of people for your sake, for what it's uh, worth. Kevin Tucker, right down here. Hey, with the high failure rate of youth groups, um, 80 to 90 percent of kids going into college, leaving church, um, how do you see the discipleship of parents to teach their kids and raise their kids as an integral part of what you want to do coming to Fellowship Bible Church? That's a good question. Um, this is how I see the youth ministry position. I, I see that I'm a, uh, an asset to the parent. Uh, the scriptures really teach us that the parent is the, main, is the person responsible to disciple their children. Uh, so what I want to see is myself coming alongside and helping the parent. Now here's one thing I, I do not want to do, not necessarily unless asked. I don't want to help you uh, tell you how to parent. I, I don't have teens. I can maybe share principles, um, but what I would do in that case, I might in, in put someone um, with another parent 
who seems to be doing well in their parenting. And uh, I would just encourage that kind of relationship or mentorship in that sense. Um, I, I would like to see... Um, there's, there, it looked to me that there was a lot of young couples and probably uh, young parents in the congregation. It would be, uh, and you might have it already, it would be great to see a class of uh, those young parents uh, get together and taught by a seasoned parent um, principles of how to raise children uh, in, to encourage and foster that as well. Uh, and it seems like there's some other uh, kind of ministries... Uh, the cadet ministry, I don't know the exact name, uh, those kind of things that it would be nice to promote. Uh, it sounds good. I haven't read, I don't know that much about it. Uh, for uh, fathers uh, who have uh, um, boys to join that and just to encourage and foster uh, discipleship mentoring uh, in that No, I think that, well, in my opinion, I think the best way is to uh, get to the parent. See, it could happen either way, and it's happened both ways, but I, I would prefer getting to the parents in order to reach. Now, how many, how many hours would I spend with your, with your child? Two, at the most, uh, during the week. How many hours would you spend with your child? Hopefully many throughout the week. Uh, so you just even see that. It'd be much better for me to go to the parent and try to encourage and foster that. I, this is one thing that I would, <clears throat> I would like to see happen, um, maybe not in the first year, uh, but what I'd like to see happen is for myself to come alongside the parent. I'd like to talk to all the parents. I know there's several, several teens in the, uh, the youth ministry, so it would take a while. So that first year will be uh, kind of... Uh, developing those relationships with the parents. I'd like to get together with the parent and just interact with them, get to know them, get to know where they think their teen is, and see how I might be able to, along with our leadership team, how we might be able to come alongside them to help them out. Now, there would be difficulties doing every little thing that the parent would want just because of time and different things like that, but those would be some kinds of things. I'd love to see evaluation, come back and say, okay, how, how are we doing? Uh, and just, I would like to have open communication with the parents, whether it's uh, just letting, encouraging them, just saying, hey, I see this in your child. Um, I, I just wanted to commend you. Great job. Uh, it seems like you're doing very well. And to take some notes for myself, because I have uh, young ones that I'm bringing up. So d- does, that, does that help? Okay. Okay, thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Mark. You know, and something that you said that I... You know, want to reinforce publicly is that Mark will be on a, a growth curve. You know, it, every pastor has to have a first ministry, and um, you know we have a guy who's 30 years old who's taken time to take the step into his first full-time ministry, and there is a growth curve. You know, and there there is a time and teamwork that's needed there. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say that all of the measurable results of our young people will be on you. <laughs> if you take this position and that shepherding a flock, you know. Boy, how, how do we raise up our kids to love Jesus when they leave home? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? And we're going to do our best to shepherd together to try to figure out those answers and yeah. to encourage parents. You know, it's huge. Anybody else? Let's go. So, Jeanette, right down front here. Please. <coughs> um, there's, um, I know in this church, there's public school, homeschooled, and private school kids. And obviously, the ones that are in public school may be exposed to different things a lot sooner than maybe a kid that was is homeschooled. Do you see that as a challenge as far as leading that diverse? group of youth. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a challenge. Um, do you, want, you want me to elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, 
that's going to be a challenge. Um, and there's probably going to be other challenges as well. Uh, I, I would like to, I would like to bring, uh, I would like to see unity come about in the, uh, the youth ministry. Um, the teens are coming from different backgrounds, like what you said. Uh, we have all three, homeschool, Christian school, and public school. And just one side note, I felt really bad when I, I made my uh, public statement that I went to public school and uh, I had a bad education. I was kidding. Uh, I thought I had a good education. So for anybody in here who teaches in public school, I didn't want to offend you. <laughs> I know most of the congregation isn't out there, so those who are offended, um, <laughs> so... I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure how to overcome that challenge. Um, that's something that I would definitely, it, it needs to be worked on and um, dealt, but uh, I'm not exactly sure how it would work on that at, the, at this time. So, but it is a challenge. <laughs> yes, Rick, over here. I think we to give them the microphone so they can hear in the nursery, please. How do you react to being um, encouraged, corrected, um, getting positive feedback or negative feedback, whatever. How do you handle criticism? There you go. Yeah. Well, if it's negative, I cry. <laughs> it's positive, I really accept it. Um, when I receive negative criticism, I uh, typically respond in uh, um, with patience. I listen to what they say. Uh, try to understand exactly what they uh, are saying and uh, then take what I believe is some good truth uh, from what they're saying um, and either correct it or see that their um, criticism isn't necessarily accurate or it could just be their opinion or preference. Um, so, I mean, if it's a biblical issue that they're really correcting me with, I want to correct it immediately. I remember one time I was in... Um, well, one time. I was at college, and I was uh, head RA, and a uh, gentleman finally corrected me. Uh, he, he said I was being arrogant and proud. And it was, this was for a while, and I was just asking, why didn't you tell me this before? Because I couldn't see it in my own life, but I was being that way. So in that way, I responded well and made some steps to correct that. Uh, now, I, I'm not going to say that I'll, I would be perfect in every situation, but that's how I typically respond to uh, at least negative criticism. Positive criticism, I love it. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to give uh, praise to the Lord for everything that happens in a positive way because it's, uh, uh, it's Him doing it in me or in the teen's life or in the adult's life or whatever it might be. So. Anyone else? Some more questions? Teresa Tumblin? What would best describe you? Ten minutes early, on time, or uh-oh, you mean that was today? <laughs> uh, I can answer that in three ways. Um, one is if I'm by myself, if I'm with my wife, or if I'm with my wife and children. <laughs> Which one do you want to know? <laughs> okay. Uh, with, when I, it's myself, I'm usually... Uh, I like to be 10 to 15 minutes early, probably more 10. Uh, um, with my wife, we're, we're a little bit later, but we're usually early. Um, and with my children, I have no chance. So, so we're, we're typically on time or about five minutes late. Okay, so, um, but I made it here on time for uh, this event and for Sunday mornings. And I was with my children. So we have exceptions. And that's got that right. No, I came to the, the prayer meeting that we had a bit ago. We had a good time there. That's a good question, though. Anybody else? Keep going here. Let's Sandra Kinneman right here, and then Keith. Um, I just have a question regarding um, how long you foresee. I know it's hard to say, but with my daughter just entering the youth group, um, for me it's important to have somebody here kind of for the long haul. Okay. And so are you using this as a stepping stone mm -hmm. into like a... I, did, I wasn't answering your question. I was just saying, yes, okay. I... <laughs> Do you understand where I'm coming from yeah. and what my question is? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
uh, my, I, I guess, one aspect of my philosophy is, of ministry, or my goal as a pastor, um, I, I want to go to a place and, and I want to settle. Um, I want to settle down um, and I want to stay in a place uh, for as long as God will allow me to stay. Uh, and so if this is the, the ministry that God leads, uh, leads me to, leads you to call me to, I'm going to stay here as long as God keeps me. So I do not see this as a platform to move on to to be a real pastor. Um, I believe this is a pastor's position. Um, uh, no, not, I wouldn't be a senior pastor, but I, I believe this is a pastor position, and uh, so I wouldn't see it as a stepping stone. Paul. Mike. Let me say that... Um we have not, on purpose, asked for a commitment, a time commitment. You know, um, different churches will do that. They will ask someone to come in and give them a five-year commitment. Um, and uh, I've thought about that a little bit in the past. And I just feel like um, this, is, this is kind of the Lord's business. And sometimes a pastor and his wife will make up their mind that we're not going to leave before five years go by or something like that. That's between Mark and Cheris and the Lord. And uh, we just believe to do our homework now. Bring the guy in, but I agree with you, Sandra. Longevity in ministry um, bears bears more fruit uh, in that sense. Keith Baker. Yeah, I was just curious of uh, what your views are in preparing youth for missions work, and uh, how do you have a plan or a methodology that you would follow for preparing youth to go into either a short-term or a long-term missions field? Uh, this is one thing I would like to see happen. Um, I, I, for instance, the whole church ministry is a discipleship-making ministry in order to uh, encourage uh, teens, adults as well, to look at the mission field. Uh, we have a mission field here. Uh, we have a mission field in uh, Maryland or wherever it might be. Uh, one thing I would like to see happen, it seems to me, I'm still trying to get to know the church a little bit more, that this church has uh, a passion for church planning, uh, at least one of them, and uh, mission work. In, in my opinion, as I look at the scriptures, uh, church planning should be a result of missions. Therefore, I, I would really like to start, um, again, probably not the first year. It's going to take a, a while to put this in process. I'd like to start a phase kind of system where the first year, maybe it's in junior high, um, we could uh, develop some kind of ministry in order for those junior hires to go on their Jerusalem. So they go somewhere around here, uh, helping out a church plant or something like that, and going and doing those things and helping out in missions in their Jerusalem. And then uh, the next phase, maybe the next year or so, they would go in phase two, where then they would go to their uh, Judea and Samaria. They might go to Baltimore. They might go to New York City uh, or some location or region where they go out and help a church plant or some ministry that is focused that way. Uh, and then their last phase, so they're developing skills. Uh, so at a young age, they're developing uh, skills around here. They're in a more of a um, safe environment. They know the environment. They go to Baltimore. It's a different culture. It'd be like going to Samaria. Uh, or they're going to New York City. It's a different culture, even though they're still in the same country. Then phase three, possibly go overseas and get a cross-cultural experience in helping out with uh, maybe one of our missionaries as they're doing church planning and things like that to encourage that, to see that... Um, uh, maybe uh, instill a passion in them that one day they might be sent out um, to share the gospel with others. Jump in here just a minute, Mark, and add to that. Um, as you understand so far, you haven't been able to observe them firsthand yet, right. but as you understand our summer camps and our kids' ministries and our teen involvement in that, is that something that clicks with you and that you can get excited about continuing to encourage and, and build on as our... Uh, young people develop in leadership experience there. How, how is that, uh, in your thinking, the property and the kids and our camps? Um, what's been your impression of that? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's great. Uh, and you're able to develop so many kinds of skills and even leadership ability uh, just taking part in um, 
camp ministry. Um, I was a part of camp ministry for, well, five years or so. Uh, camp counselor for two years, then um, adventure camp uh, counselor. And there's so many benefits in that kind of ministry, especially since it's just uh, over there, uh, you know. Uh, so many opportunities uh, to disciple, uh, to share your faith with kids in the community. Uh, so I, I think it would be an incredible asset. And God has really blessed uh, this church to have a property like that, uh, that you can do that kinds of ministry. So I would definitely see that as one thing that you could um, uh, to use to help disciple in relation to missions or whatever it might be. Okay. Where else are we? Anybody? Pop your hand up. Let our guys get the mic to you. Back here with Joelle and Toothman, and then Teresa Tumbling after that. You mentioned having in the public school after-school clubs. Mm -hmm. um, I know here we do have some in the elementary, and I'm interested, are you thinking about possibly when you come here working to start them in the middle and high school here, the schools that do not already have them? Um, <clears throat> I was talking to someone this, uh, this morning about that, and that would be one thing I would like to do. Um, I, I would have to set priorities because I'm only one person. Uh, that would be wonderful. If we could get something started like that in the public schools, whether uh, we would start it and we'd have someone in the school system that could continue uh, fostering that ministry, I, I think it would be great. But one of the things I would like to do is just... Um, be able, you know, to go to the high schools and just um, meet with uh, those who are in the public schools, our teens that are in the public schools, uh, even, if the, even in the Christian school, if I'm allowed to, I'm assuming I'm allowed to be allowed to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would like to see that happen. I think that would be an excellent way to, um, to evangelize and also just encourage our teens that are there. Thank you. Teresa Tumlin. Uh, for you and your wife both. Okay. Um, what role do you see your wife playing coming along the side of you as a youth pastor? And would she be actively involved in the youth ministry as well? Um, I, can, I can answer this for her. If she has anything to add, she can uh, lift up her hand. <clears throat> um, I, I see my wife's role in the church to use her gifts and abilities however she sees fit. I'm not going to m make it mandatory for my wife to, um, uh, to minister with me, though I would like that. And I'm not going to make it mandatory for my wife to do something that she's not gifted to do or want to do. That being said, uh, Cheris would like to uh, come alongside me, and she would like to, she has a passion to, to minister to the young women in the, the youth ministry. Um, she, like she said, she grew up in a youth pastor's home, so she has a heart for that, uh, for youth ministry. Uh, and, uh, you know, crazy thing, she loves to minister to junior hires. Uh, and not many people do. Because you guys are crazy sometimes. <laughs> Whoever's in junior high right, right now. And so hopefully I didn't offend you back there. Okay, we have... Uh... We don't want to prolong things, but we want you to feel free to, to ask questions. Joellen, go again. Sure. I was just wondering if things go well, right. when you would be available to begin your work here at Fellowship. Let's say by theory that I get called uh, you know, after the vote on, is it next Sunday? Next Sunday. Okay, next Sunday. Um, my wife and I would move here September 30th, um, and we would be, we'd be here October the 2nd. Is that too quick? <laughs> uh, you know, I see that the, all the teens have already started school, and this is prime time to build relationships, um, and so I, I, want to, um, I want to get to it. <laughs> get to it, yeah, there yeah, you go. And speaking to the, speak to the internship, or I can as well since I've started it, he has completed all of his obligations, uh, correct me if correct. I'm wrong, at Maranatha, and through your seminary program that was part of the internship, and you are free to go at any time. Right. But your paycheck goes until December up there, then it's all over. Oh, they'll cut it off as soon as I'm gone. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know that, but I meant the yes, position yes. itself Correct. is salaried through the end of the year, but they have released you to take a ministry anytime you can find that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
Let me say, too, that in speaking to the references and to the pastors there, to the different, a couple different references, um, you know, uh, those guys really like you over there, Mark, and they gave you high marks, and it spoke well of your character and your work ethic, um, and uh, the, they've really appreciated you, I think, and I think you're probably aware of that, but just wanted to let the people know that, and here I am in front of you, so. Um, who else? Tim, laymaster. Uh, favorite life verse? Favorite verse of the Bible? Um, what do you have? Favorite verse in the Bible? Man, there's so many. There are a lot, aren't there? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, let me... This is why I need to join the uh, scripture memory team. Because I can't uh, recall it. My favorite life verse, and I don't remember it. <laughs> so, let me just... And it's like, it's half a verse. I just love it. Um, let me read verses. It's, it's half of uh, verse 9 of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, verse 8 says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. For which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. And this is my life verse. But God's word is not chained. Amen. I absolutely love it because even though Paul was in prison, God's word was still impacting lives. I always picture like a caged tiger. You can't cage, well, I guess you can cage a tiger. So that, that illustration was destroyed. But anyways, but just, just like a tiger, vicious and cannot be tamed, so the word of God cannot be tamed. So when it is proclaimed, there it is and the Holy Spirit is working. So... I just absolutely love that verse right there. It's God's word. God's word changed my life. God's word is the only thing that can change our lives. Amen. Good. Did you like that one, Timmy? Yes. That's pretty good. I can pick another one if you want. <laughs> no, okay, okay, we'll stop there. <laughs> right here, Jay. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this best. How do you... Uh, where do you see a teen's confidentiality in you as a youth pastor and a parent's um, right to know? Yeah, no. uh, to, how do you view that? Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a touchy, that's a, you know, that's a little touchy issue with uh, um, counseling confidentiality. Um, here's, the, here's definitely the big ones. Uh, if the teen is going to injure himself, parents got to know. If uh, the teen is going to injure someone else, a uh, parent needs to know. Um, if they're doing something inappropriate, it really has to come down to, okay, what, what are we talking about? If it's something sexual, I'm going straight to the parent. Uh, if he, um, <laughs> and all the teens are here and looking at me about this. <laughs> they want to know this question too, so um, uh, it, that's, a, that's a difficult one. If they're struggling with uh, something that's somewhat minor, um, I'm going to just uh, um, counsel the teen as best I can, and uh, I'm also a parent, so if it's something that I would want to know uh, from my child, and I'm pretty, I'm kind of a control freak, so I'd probably want to know uh, quite, quite a bit. Yeah, um, that's um, a real good question, Jay. Can, let, let me cut in right now and make a comment. Okay. Do you know that one of our goals, and maybe some of you remember a couple years ago, we put down a criteria for who we wanted in our profile of a youth pastor. And one of the things was we wanted somebody who was into their 30s, who was raising a family, and who already had significant local church leadership experience. And that's the part of the equation that Mark does not have. That was the part of the equation that we found difficult to fulfill. We thought we could find a guy who, when he saw our property, saw our growing church in our community, that maybe had um, uh, some years of experience full-time as a youth pastor in a smaller church, might be ready to step up and have already formulated some of his youth ministry philosophy. So Mark comes to us well-educated with an excellent resume of experience for somebody who's been educating themselves and preparing for ministry, but actually does not fulfill the part of having some years of youth ministry experience under his belt, having hammered out his philosophy. So we know he's going to be on a learning curve. We know there's going to be some things that he's going to have to work out as he goes, just like all of us have had to do. And one of the things that he's stepping into here is a context where there is sort of a team ministry 
overseeing the whole church, but overseeing the youth ministry as well. And one of the things that we've talked about is, Mark, are you good at coming and asking questions? And he has assured us, and man, I'm, I'm going to be in there saying, you know, what about this? What about that? And on this particular point, Jay, um, there's, uh, you know, that's an excellent question. And, and you came real close to saying it at the end, Mark, exactly how I would counsel you if you came to my office with a situation, here's what the teen is doing, here's what the teen has confided in me, what do you think I should do? And one of the first rules of thumb that we use off bat, off the, right off the bat is, if I were the parent, would I want to know? And if the answer is yes, then we're going to make sure the parent knows. But we do this, especially with senior high teens, we give them, depending on the issue, a window of time to go tell their parents themselves. So we tell them, I'm going to your parent." on next Thursday at 3 o'clock when I'm calling and, and you have until then to tell them yourself or I'm going to tell them this. But it depends on the nature of the thing. This is not class right now, nor is this telling you everything we would do. But that, those kinds of things are tough. And um, that is why, even though he doesn't have the resume of full-time youth ministry experience already in the local church, what he does have is maturity what he does have is excellent Bible background. He has an excellent commitment to Bible doctrine and, and Christ-centered discipleship. And he has a teachable spirit. We can live with that. We think he's going to grow quickly and be a great part of the team, you know, should the Lord open doors. So that's kind of the mindset that we have. Even on some of these areas, you're getting asked specific things. You just haven't dealt with them yet. So when you deal with them, you'll figure them out. Some of them will be mistakes. Some of them will be, be great. So That's a good answer, too. Does that help? <laughs> so you could defer your answers to me, and I'll tell you what you think about it. That's... Okay, so Pastor Man, what do I think about this one? And uh, so that's my favorite kid in the whole church right there. <laughs> so I didn't mean to go on and on about that, but I just wanted to put it in context that, um, you know, we recognize that Mark doesn't know his answers to all the questions right away. And, um, but we find in him a young man that really has um, giftedness, commitment to the right things. All right? Yes, Jeanette again? Yep. Um, how open are you to... Yeah, let's use the microphone just a minute, please. Um, how open are you, uh, like, as far as a parent or somebody coming up to you with an idea? Um, I've been around other youth pastors that they don't, they, they want it their way. You had mentioned control freak. Um, <laughs> are you, you know, willing to listen to other people and, and, and at least, you know, think about their idea and, and that kind of thing, I guess. I don't know how to word it. But. Um, I would say that uh, my leadership style is not a dictator um, where, like what you said, I, I, I must have it my way. Uh, I, I work well in a team um, where I'm... I'm bouncing off ideas, uh, allowing people to tell me their ideas. Uh, that's how I work best. Uh, I know some men, they come in, I have the ideas, this is what we're doing. Um, uh, so I would, I would welcome ideas from parents. However, that doesn't mean that I'll, I'll integrate them into whatever, um, or the youth ministry. Uh, but I am more than open to talk uh, and chat and think through some of the ideas that you might have that you might want to see implemented. Um, but then I would just, uh, yeah, there you go. It's uh, 8 o'clock. I don't want to cut us off. If there are more pertinent questions that you want to ask, we can go a couple more minutes. I do want to be cognizant of time, but I'm not trying to cut you off at all, but I want you to ask your questions if you have them. Joby Mitchell, right over here. What kind of guidelines do you have for mixed group activities? Male, female, teenagers? Mm-hmm. Um, Good night, Ollie and Laura. See you. Thanks for coming out. Is there something specific that you're thinking about? Yeah. That would be more helpful for me. Yeah. Um, I, I personally wouldn't want any uh, public affection. Um, 
I would have a hard time and would uh, tell teens that, okay, let's not hold hands, uh, no physical touch uh, at this point. So I, I would hold that kind of standard when it comes to that. Um, so that would be one issue. If you're thinking about maybe swimming uh, issues, okay, good. You're not, okay, I won't talk about that then. <laughs> but she might have that question now. You do have that question, okay. Uh, I, well, personally, with the, the ladies, I, I would definitely want a one-piece bathing suit. I would really want shorts and a T-shirt. Um, but I do not have a problem with uh, guys and girls swimming together, so they, but they don't break the uh, um, touching kind of rules. Um, so that, that would be where I stand on that. So I would say, ladies, why don't you, why don't you wear those nice little uh, short thingies, whatever they're, I don't know what they're called. Whatever they're called. And a nice t-shirt. Yeah, and I know we have a lot of ripped young men here, so I'd encourage them to put on a shirt as well. Uh, Mark? Yes, sir. Um, I had one question. Um, I know uh, there are a number of parents in the church that, uh, I know in the past we've had the uh, the, the junior high and the senior high uh, combined, and there are a number of folks that feel strongly that you know the, the, the philosophy that the junior highs that there's value in separating the junior high uh, group from the senior high in terms of ministering. Right. Um, what, what's your view on that, and, and you know what's the value of separating them uh, if that's something you would believe in? Or yeah, I I would prefer that uh, both junior high and senior high are separated. The value in that is that there are different kinds of things that junior hires are dealing with uh, than senior hires. And you can delve into different uh, uh, topics and discussions. Uh, again, there's a maturity difference as well uh, from junior hires to senior hires. Um, and that would be beneficial for both groups to be separated. However, in order to do that, we need leaders. Uh, we cannot separate uh, those groups unless we have leaders. Um, so, hey, if anybody's interested and you call me, come my way. I'd love to put you in, in a spot, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I do see a value in that. But we have to have the team in place in order to do so. Okay, who's next? Uh, do you have more questions? Please, please ask. This is the time. Jeanette, yeah, feel free to ask repeated questions, or, you know, multiple questions. How, like, if you came on, how would you get a team in place? How would you go about doing that? Slowly, <laughs> carefully. Um, well, the first year uh, here, this is, these are some things I would like to do. Uh, I would like to, I would not change the events um, that are already established in the calendar that's what we're going to. That's what we would do. Um, I, I want to. I would want to get to know the present leadership that we have. Uh, work with them uh, some. Uh, two, I'd want to build relationships most definitely with the uh, teens and junior hires. Uh, three, I'd want to build relationships with their parents. Um, and uh, so those would be some kind of things that I'd be working on. Uh, going about getting a leadership team. Um, you know, that, that's going to be something that I'm going to develop uh, as I look at the congregation, get to know the congregation, uh, see where gifts, uh, I would like to see couples, uh, see where the couples' gifts and abilities are uh, as I get to know them, and then I'm going to ask. Um, so the best way to get people into leadership positions or uh, ministry positions is just to go face-to-face -face ask them. That's, that's kind of... A little bit of how I go about it. Who's next? Janet. I'm wondering if you think it's a good idea to take teens on college tours, and if yes, what schools do you think would maybe be on your circuit? Uh, no, I think it, I think it is a good idea. Um, colleges on my circuit. Uh, depending on what they're wanting, um, I, if we're just totally focusing on ministry, if I'm wanting to focus the teens, and that's what I would like to do, on uh, full-time vocational ministry, 
uh, colleges that I would uh, uh, tell them, encourage them to go to, um, Appalachian Bible College, uh, I went there, a great education. Uh, Baptist Bible College was a, is a good school uh, that I would uh, send some teens to for Bible education. Um, in fact, you know, even going to Word of Life for one or two years, excellent, I believe. Um, from what I've heard, I have not been up there, to be honest. But from what I've heard and the people that I've met that have come from there, um, uh, excellent. Um, that wouldn't be the only thing that I would encourage them to go to, go there for a couple of years and then go to another college. Um, those are some. I'd have to do a little bit more research uh, on some other Bible colleges that I go to. Um, here's one thing. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Here's one thing I have a problem with is that kids will go to a Bible college, which is excellent, but they're paying up to $20,000 a year to go into a ministry which is not going to help them very well um, pay off their school debt. This is one thing I would encourage. Not necessarily deem this is what you must do. I would encourage uh, young men and women to get their basic edu- uh, their, um, their first two years. What? Thank you. Your general gen ed classes out of the way at a community college of some type. You could do it online, um, whatever it might be. And then go to a Bible college. That way you get your Bible and things like that. That would be one way I would encourage students to do that. Uh, one reason, well, there's a couple reasons, but uh, one reason is they get to experience what the world is actually teaching, whether it comes from psychology. It's not coming from a biblical perspective. Um, and that way it would challenge them, help them to think through kinds of issues, uh, and then go on to Bible college itself. But uh, either way, that would be one thing I might encourage, but going to a Bible college where it uh, teaches you a worldview, a biblical perspective, uh, is an absolutely excellent way to go to. It's just so expensive. So it really depends on the parents uh, as well if they can have that money for the teen to do that. The next best option would be go to your uh, community college to take those gen ed classes and then go to Bible college. Mark, I'm going to ask you uh, rapid-fire questions here, okay? You just respond to me. Uh, your favorite food? That's a rough one. Uh, yeah. Steak. Steak. Yeah. Your favorite restaurant? Um, Red Robin came to my mind. Okay, Pennsylvania boy. Yeah. Um, McDonald's, Burger King, or Wendy's? Wendy's. Okay. Your ideal vacation? Your ideal vacation? Anywhere with my wife. Okay, right answer. <laughs> do you hunt? Are you a hunter? Do you shoot, do you shoot guns at, at poor animals? I... <laughs> if you want this job... <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you this, I have shot animals. Okay. In season or out of season? <laughs> okay, let that one go. Do you have a Facebook account? I do. Do you like the Facebook? Uh, I, I check it every once in a while. Okay. Do you see yourself using that to connect with teens? I do. Okay. A little bit. Uh, CCM, Contemporary Christian Music. Uh, what's your favorite group? Who do you like to listen to? What uh, CDs would you have in your car? Uh, what CDs do I have in my car? Um, a little old school, so I don't know what's uh, out there right now. John Denver. Uh, um... <laughs> I, I didn't know he was part of CCM, but... Uh... <laughs> Talks about sacred things a lot. That's right. The wind is almost fire. heaven, West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I really like I, I like Cademan's Call. Uh, would be one group that I really enjoyed listening to because of the uh, the teaching that they have there and just the diversity in their uh, music. So that's one. Okay. Is that good enough? Yep. And okay. if you had unlimited money and you could buy any kind of car you wanted, what would you buy? Uh, right now, it would be a minivan. A minivan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. But if I had unlimited money, uh, I'd probably buy, uh, you know, a um, maybe a big old expedition or a suburban. Okay. Yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of money, um, and this is the kind of questions that the elders go into more detail on. But are you in debt? 
Uh, no, uh, thank, uh, thank the Lord. Both Cheris and I do not have any school debt. We were just able to, I don't know how it happened, but we did it. Amen. That's um, good testimony. Mark. So we, no debt. Good. And then back to ministry front. Um, you know, we've been talking about homeschool, Christian school, public school. Um, how are you going to help parents? You know, there is a percentage of our young people um, at different times. The percentage varies of young people who don't come from the context of a good Christian home. Or perhaps they have a single mom or or a split family in the sense of there's divorce that has gone on. And the youth pastor then can play an elevated role. Do you see yourself, Mark, as having an ability, and I'm thinking of more of guys who are less spiritually interested uh, maybe they've really struggled with connecting with the church, um, but maybe they're into sports or whatever, you know, um, guys are. Do you think you're good, and do you believe you have the ability to approach and to connect and build relationship with young men who, and I'm thinking of the high school age group sure. up, who maybe aren't spiritually inclined, but for some reason they find themselves here in the context of our church. How do you view that? Do you think you can do that? You're good at that? Have you done that? Uh, no, no, I think I. I think I am. I think I am good at that. Um, God's put me in many different situations, cross culturally or whatever, and uh, I've had little uh, little problem connecting with people of uh, who might be different than me that uh, um, come from different kinds of backgrounds. So I feel that I'm very versatile in interacting with whoever it might be. And God's just given me um, health so that I can do things and coordination to where I can play. Um, if a kid's interested in video games, I, 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 I'll have a problem with that because I'm horrible at video games. Um, he's excellent at it over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would have... Uh, I believe that I... Good. Would be gifted enough. But you would have a heart for that to grab your basketball, play ball with some guys, uh, some things like that. You see yourself being able to connect with that kind of group of guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I could connect with that group of guys. Um, the the issue would be time and priorities uh, yeah. in, in that. But yeah, I could. It's always the challenge. Yeah, yes, I would. Okay. If you could get free tickets to a Mountaineer football game or a Mountaineer basketball game, which one would you prefer? Uh, football. Football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I like basketball, but uh, uh, football is much more exciting uh, sometimes. Unless WVU's in the Final Four or something like that, so I'd get yeah, a ticket there. It really depends. Okay. Do you have a fantasy football team? I do not. Do you like NASCAR? Um, I've been to a NASCAR race. <laughs> You've been, oh, that was a diplomatic answer. I have been to a NASCAR race. My dad wheels, likes NASCAR. The wheels go round and round. And That's round. right. <laughs> That's right. I got hit with rubber right in the forehead. Oh, yeah. All right. Very good. Okay, Mandy. I think this is more of a question for Pastor Van, but... Um, as seasons of our life happen, now that I have college-age children, I just wonder if college-age will be included in the scope of his ministry or not. That's a good question, Mandy. It is in the actual printed job description. We haven't deleted it. <coughs> but actually, uh, as we reconfigure the job descriptions a little bit, that is um, being targeted and, um, towards Pastor Everett to re- reignite basic. And we actually hope to do that right away, uh, Lord willing, very soon to get that going. But it would probably go to Pastor Everett and not to Mark. Oh, Sandra, I'm sorry, I didn't see your hand. Um, I'm sure you're already aware we have three softball teams for FBC. Is that something that you might be interested in connecting with some of the guys out on the teams for our uh, church? I'm on a, I'm on a team at uh, the other church, so yes. And my wife is much better than I am. Is she on Maranatha's team? Uh, no, they wouldn't let... Oh, thank you. Oh, they don't have co-ed? Uh, they do, but we, I, we could only do so much. Okay. So, Cheris, what's your favorite position to play in softball? Uh, second base. Second base. All right. That infield going. All right. I, I, I prefer right field where I don't have much action. <laughs> you know what that says? Well, I... <laughs> yeah. 
It's a good, I like this that is guy. your best chance to, uh, and, and then feel free to stay after as well. Um, and I'll stay up here uh, afterwards mm-hmm. so that you can come to me. So what's more important to you, Mark, that uh, kids have a good time and go to Hershey Park or that kids are uh, being taught the Word of God? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can do both. Huh? You no, I, I, I would say that um, just from even my verse that I quoted here, uh, that the Word of God is proclaimed and uh, it can be done in a fun, uh, fun way, uh, an exciting way. But it's also great to have fun as well. And to do it at the same time on a roller coaster. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Hope you guys are ready. <laughs> Anything else? I know that um, you know the opportunity is somewhat limited. You hear, hear a guy preach a little bit, handle the word a little bit. A little bit of Q&A, he's around. Um, we've had a couple of opportunities with, uh, with me and as well as with the elders to meet with him. Uh, you're in agreement with the FBC doctrinal statement? Yes. Okay. And, um, yeah, I won't keep going. Do you uh, have a problem with our worship service at all we use keyboard piano <clears throat> violins would you get rid of all that in the hymnal and put a drum set up here or what would be your preference <laughs> I'll tell you what the answer to that question is you better um, I, I think the music in worship here is done with excellence and I appreciate that here's what I want to see I want to see that it's done well I want to see that the person leading has a heart of humility and worship, and that's what I want. Preference-wise, would I prefer something maybe a little bit more contemporary? Yeah, maybe. But I enjoy, uh, I've enjoyed the past two times, the worship that we have had. You can be honest with that. You, you'll have about half the people with you. And, uh, we recognize that, but we're thankful that there is unity in the body. I believe there is. Yeah. Keith? Do you easily adapt to new technologies, and do you look to new technologies <laughs> to enhance worship or your mission or any other aspect of your so life? You're, at, you're, you're wanting lasers and fog, aren't you? It depends on the context. <laughs> and the context that we currently have, we know. And what we're... <laughs> um, God, I, I believe that uh, technology uh, can be redeemed to, uh, to help out uh, in um, glorifying God. Because uh, it has. Uh, we've, we've redeemed the organ from the, uh, uh, from the bars hundreds of years ago. Um, we use uh, different things like that. PowerPoint, um, it's not in the Bible, but we use it, and it's beneficial. So uh, I, and I have a Mac, so, so there we go, <laughs> whatever that means. So uh, yeah, I like technology, and if it's used appropriately, um, I, I would definitely use it to enhance uh, our worship. Do you play any instruments yourself? Um, you mentioned organ just now. <laughs> I, I've seen an organ, <laughs> and I grew up in a church that had an organ, and they, they played it. Um, I play at the guitar, meaning, this is what it means, I can play G, C, and D, sometimes E. And then you can play almost every song that's out there. That's exactly right. So that's about how much I can play the guitar. So you will never see me up here, really you'll never see me playing in front of people. Uh, other than my wife and uh, myself if I ever have time. So that's about how much I play. You know, you could work on your guitar by playing some John Denver songs. <laughs> so do you, do you like John Denver? I love John Denver. He's a pagan, but I like yeah. him. So, and basically the way it works, you need to know, is that if I like it, I don't preach against it. <laughs> From the laughter, that's true. Yeah. Um, what else? Anybody have anything else? It's almost 8.30. Carrie Tucker, go ahead.
What would a night of youth group look like, do you think, on an average night? Like, what does your schedule look like? Or what would it look like? Um, well, for the first year, it would look very much like what it does now. So it wouldn't change that. Event. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I think it would look something like this. Uh, we, we have a time when we're uh, just interacting with each other. We play maybe an icebreaker kind of game, uh, just so that we get to know each other more. It may be a fun little game where people have to kind of respond to each other in some way. Um, I heard about the, uh, the crazy associate pastor games. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think those, I think those are good uh, in just building, uh, even building unity. Um, one thing that's difficult for a lot of teens is getting to know each other, to breaking out of their shell. It was hard for me because I have so many, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about myself, so I have a hard time letting myself uh, get to know other people. Not now, I don't have a problem with it, but as much. So it started off with that um, uh, good possibility we'd spend time just uh, praying with, uh, doing prayer requests, then we would get into the Word of God um, and study that, and that would probably take most of the time right there.